This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Tuesday, December 1st, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. And yes, we are in our final month of this wild and crazy year. And I am going to do my best today to give you some perspective, some information that will hopefully drive better investment and just money decisions overall. Right, we talk about Invest Talk. This is investing, right? Everyone tunes in for investing. I call you my fellow investors, but you also have to be a fellow saver as well. And that's something that I don't think I touch on nearly enough. So I wanted to kick that off on today's show. But also, I want to dig into what's, what's happening in the market today. Uh, obviously, a few pieces of good news. It looks like the FDA is going to meet on December 10th. So you're talking, what, next Wednesday? And they're reviewing the Pfizer vaccine and then the Moderna vaccine a week later. And you should get some sort of ruling on whether they're going to approve the drug uh, by the end of the year. Uh, and they're, also, they're already mo- mobilizing Pfizer and Moderna to potentially roll that out as fast as possible once they get the go-ahead. So I think uh, that certainly was uh, good news for the market overall. You also had good news on the election front, or at least uncertainty is starting to dissipate a bit, right, with uh, Attorney General Barr saying that they didn't find any widespread election fraud, uh, and Trump also saying that if the Electoral College goes against him, he's going to leave the White House. Of course, he said. So those things certainly leave a little bit less to to worry about on that front, uh, on, on both things that all have become big storylines for 2020 and sources of uncertainty and volatility in the market. Now, I'm Justin Klein, and On this program and podcast today, I will do my best to provide you with unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. That's what we do each and every weekday here, help you develop strategies and the mindset to help build and sustain a successful portfolio and strategy. So I'm ready to take your calls now at 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. That's how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Now, let's touch quickly on the market. We had a modest update, a little over 1%, solid, solid update, shall we say, on the S&P, uh, as well as the NASDAQ. That was interesting, is that, in other vaccine news, the, the value side of the market actually did not perform today. Typically, when there's good vaccine news, right, those beaten down names, oil names, et cetera, do better than the growth side, but you had... Some nice upticks, even though companies like Zoom had poor earnings, or they had earn- good earnings, but good example of good news was already priced in, and it fell pretty sharply, uh, close to 20% on the day. And so, you know, there's still a lot of gyrations around these high-flying tech names, and certainly more to come. And I think the big news in the markets for me, at least the most interesting part of what happened today, was the 10-year Treasury yield 
up nine basis points. That's huge. It's only trading at 93 basis points to close the day. So up over 10% on the yield. Right? So that obviously means uh, the price of treasuries down. 30 year up over 10 basis points. And I thought that was really interesting as well, just to see yields continuing to grind higher, having lurches to the upside as more good vaccine news comes out as well. So uh, something I'm continuing to watch, how high does that really go? And at what level does the Fed come in and start to try to rein in the yields on the bond market? Uh, And... The dollar. The dollar hit multi-year lows today, uh, and I think that's something that that everyone should continue to watch. It's likely driving commodity markets. It's driving uh, you know, trading markets when it comes to global trade. Right, the dollar is very impactful, which we'll get to here in a little bit. But that's something I'm watching as well. Just the stark weakness. The dollar cannot get out of its own way. And it looks set to go much, much lower as we embark on more monetary spending, which is, looks like the path forward for governments here in the United States. Now, that's what happened in the market today. But I want to talk to you. I want to know what is on your mind. Those are the things that I'm looking at. But more importantly, what are you looking at? What are you thinking about? What kind of questions do you have for me? Now, let's get to our first caller question right now at 888-99-CHART. Hello, Steve and Justin. This is Alex from Virginia. I was giving you guys a call to ask you about Teladoc, T-D-O-C. I just wanted to see what you guys thought of it moving forward. I know that it's sometimes considered a work-from-home stock, or sorry, it's thrived in the work-from-home atmosphere, but I personally believe it's here to stay. So I just wanted to see what your thoughts were price-wise and on it moving forward. Um, so yeah, I will listen to the podcast. Uh, thank you so much for all you that you guys do. Have a great day. Bye. Are right, looking at Teladoc Health, about a $28 billion market cap. Still losing money even though revenues were up 109% last quarter. And clearly this is getting a nice big tailwind from the the the, the, the pandemic. Not only is it harder and more risky to go into a doctor's office, but there's also uh, more demand, right, where people are, are worried about uh, their health situation. So the demand for these platforms are going up, although with a potential reopening, I think that will retrench some. But I do think there are, there is a longer-term value proposition for this type of medicine. Uh, you know, with our healthcare system being so inefficient, I think this is one way that we can suddenly become more efficient and in a lot of ways have better patient outcomes and make it more convenient, right? If, if it's easier to go talk to a doctor, even if it's virtual, the odds of you getting to a good medical outcome are higher for most things. So I do like this space. Now the question is, is this the time for it? And is this the right horse, right? I mean, you're talking about a $28 billion company. Very expensive. I like the space. This is just not my favorite. 
So I would do a little more research. There are others out there. I can't tell you what they are, but there are other public companies in the telehealth space. Look at many of those. Do your research. Find the best one. Don't just find the brand name because right now that's just the brand name. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and there's no denying it. Winter is coming up soon, just a few weeks away. And while we adjust to a new way of celebrating and going through the holidays, we should remember the task of building our financial freedom is a daily task. So this goal requires information and effective strategies, and that's what I am here to help you do. We should talk about this, and your participation is an important part of the mix. We're taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. Look at the calendar. It's December, and the markets have been interesting. So you've got finance and investment questions for Steve and Justin. The InvestTalk phone lines are open, and your calls are welcome now. InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Now, my focus point today concerns a story that could precious metals be the be starting a 10-year bull market cycle? And I actually agree with this, but uh, pretty interesting charts uh, that we have the link to the article over on investtalk.com you can take a look at. But I'm going to dig into what one analyst is saying about precious metals, but other commodity markets as well. So I'll look into that story. Also, with... The likely incoming Biden administration, there's going to be a change in economic policy on many fronts, but the most interesting, I would say, will be their the course that they chart when it comes to globalization and how similar it will be to Trump's stance on globalization and global trade and how different it will be. So we're going to dig into that. That might be a little long one because there are many aspects and then you go over kind of what, where we've gone, come over the past three, sorry, four years and where we might go for the next four years and what industries that's going to impact. Also, why you should buy bonds directly if you're looking to put fixed income in your portfolio in some way, why it might be better to buy individual bonds. And then lastly, we're going to touch on student loan borrowers and why they may be coming into a world of hurt in, on January 1st if there isn't something done about it. So we're going to talk about that. But first, let's head over to Palo Alto. We're going to talk to John. He's looking at BMCH. Let's see what company that is. BMCH. How you doing, John? I'm doing good. How you doing, Justin? Doing well. You looking to buy this, or uh, you you own it? Um, I own this stock. Um, it, I already seen about a twenty percent gain on it. It uh, provides uh, building products and services for home builders, uh, which mm-hmm. has kind of been a hot sector. Um, just wanted to know: uh, is it a good stock? Should I keep it, or is it time to sell it? Well, it's definitely had a very strong run. 52-week low of only $13.38. Now we're at 46.87, down from yesterday's 52-week high of 49.80. And you had a nice high. Not that wasn't a high volume down day, but it definitely a strong down day. Down two dollars and seven cents. 
that would be a total of, let me take a look at this. This would be down about 4%. $3 billion market cap. Let me take a look. No, minimal debt, I like that. Enterprise value is 12, pretty low uh, multiple. The, the issue and the question for you is the sector. Uh, how much will higher interest rates impact the housing market uh, and home building? Right now, inventory is low. And so home builders are going to continue to to build where they can uh, because demand is, is certainly there. So I think this definitely is overbought. Uh, today's down day worries me a little bit. Uh, it wasn't on high volume, I'll say that. That's probably the saving grace of this. But technically, it does look a little toppy. So I would probably take some profits off the table and keep a trailing stop on this. If it if it closes below its 50-day moving average, which right now is at about 43.87, call it $44 a share, close below that, then I would get a little more concerned that this could have a full reversal back into the to low 30s. Um, but you know, so far it's still in that solid uptrend. Uh, today was definitely bearish, but not dramatically bearish. Like, oh my God, it's, this is definitely the top because the volume wasn't there on this sell-off. So I certainly would be concerned. I would keep a tight stop on this. BMCH, which is BMC Stock Holdings. Thanks for calling. 888.99 chart. And Every now and then, I like to take a minute to remind you that here on Invest Talk and at my company, KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. How do we implement this? Well, we provide the unbiased guidance that we do each and every day on Invest Talk, but also to our clients as well. People that call our office at 800 557 5461. If you want to do that, you can reach out to us that way, talk to us directly, schedule a meeting, portfolio review, etc. And we practice parallel investing. We invest in the same strategies that we implement for our clients as well. So if I encourage you to reach out to us, like I said, set up a portfolio review for free via telephone, Skype, or Jive meetings. Just head over to investtalk.com or call our office. Like I said, no obligations to you, but we can help you and we want to help you. Now we're heading into a break and I would like to hear your questions. What is on your mind? You can call right now. We'll take your live questions four to five specific time each and every weekday, or you can call anytime, leave a message at 888-99-CHART. Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. Let's go to Emilios in San Francisco. Good to hear from you, Emilios. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. And you're probably it looks like you're calling about Agnico Eagle, which uh, we we like. Uh, do you own it? You do. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I'm looking to buy it. Mm-hmm. I know. It. I had bought it. I bought that stock a long time, ten years ago. Mm-hmm. I made a good amount of money. I sold it. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking maybe I should just buy it again. Yeah, Agnigo Eagle is one of our favorite miners. We've owned it for clients for a couple of years now, maybe two, three years. 
And one of the big reasons we like it is that are the jurisdictions that they operate in. There's very few of them that are a worry when it comes to geopolitical concerns. And so that's a, a big reason why we like it. They're also one of the best run, have some of the best minds in the world, most profitable and consistent. So, uh, you know, those are the big reasons why we li like Agnigo, Agnico Eagle, excuse me, Agnico Eagle AEM. So uh, it's been a great buying opportunity over the past couple of days. Got you. Okay, Justin, thank you, man. Thanks a yeah, lot. No problem. Thanks for the call. Now, speaking of that, my focus point today concerns the precious metal bull market and whether this is the start, the beginning of a 10-year bull run. And this analyst thinks that we have reached a major inflection point in the year 2020. A lot of it has to do with the response to the global pandemic, right? Debasing of the currency, right? With tons of money creation and uh, the, the Fed's balance sheet has exploded from about four trillion. Now we're up, uh, I think it's over seven trillion, if I remember correctly. So that's a big aspect of it. And if you look back in history, there were many periods of commodity outperformance. And when commodities outperform, they outperform explosively, explosively. Uh, why? Because the marginal cost of that next barrel of oil or ounce of gold or whatever, it just ramps up to whatever that next sourcing cost is, right? That marginal units of that particular commodity. And when that commodity is in high demand, prices just go up and up, especially if a lot of that commodity is a small percentage of the value of the overall product, end product. Think of lumber, for example. Lumber prices have gone up dramatically recently. Some of this had to do with forest fires here on the West Coast. Various reasons, but high demand for home building. And home builders are going to buy lumber at almost any price because it's still a relatively small, I say small, certainly less than half the cost of building a home. And they just build that increased price into the price of the home, et cetera. And that's where you get these commodity boom and bust cycles, right? When there's an oversupply, suddenly that marginal supply gets lower and lower and lower. Companies dump supply on the markets because they just need to get revenue, et cetera. And it's very reflexive in that way. And a lot of times there's lead time, many years to get supply online of various types of commodities and it varies certainly by commodity. But that's something that this pandemic has created or will create, is creating if you're looking at oil and metals prices. And so this analyst is looking at these longer term charts saying, hey, we have a nice cup and handle here on gold prices, silver prices, which are an important component of electronics, solar cells, electric cars, etc., which looks like there's going to be some stimulus around that. All of these charts are looking bullish for the first time in over a decade. And so... 
I got a lot of calls over the past few weeks about gold. Oh, it's pulling back. Well, now it's starting to take off again. This is sentiment will ebb and flow. But the markets are the markets. Supply and demand is going to work out in the long run. Right? And the dollar, with its continued weakness, is going to make hard assets more valuable. The dollar is pricing in the policies that we're seeing likely coming out of Washington. And globally. And so the dollar being weak will hurt, help certain sectors, but most of all, it's going to help the commodity sector. It'll help industrials. It'll help certain consumer staples, etc. But Commodities will be certainly the shining light after a decade plus of not being so hot. So uh, I definitely think this analyst has it right on the button. I've been saying this for a little while, uh, but certainly a strong buying opportunity here in gold over the past few weeks. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. For investors, you need to remain vigilant, and that quest never ends. You have to be prepared for market volatilities and opportunities that present themselves. That's what I'm here to help you do to answer your finance and investment questions. Remind you, you can call our 24-hour listener line and leave your question on our voice bank system. Steve now will provide an unbiased answer on the podcast at a later date. But now, your participation is an important part of the mix. So give me a call at 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com slash today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. 
As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. It's an Invest Talk Tuesday. Justin Klein is here today, taking your calls live. How's your portfolio doing? Are you prepared for continuing market volatility? You've got questions, so call Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Now, with the likely incoming Biden administration starting to round out its economic team, the big question on the market's mind, in my mind, is how will this new administration approach economic relations overseas, right? Trade. Now, I will certainly argue that Trump's election was driven by the Rust Belt, right? He won the Rust Belt, which is an area of the country that's been kind of left behind by globalization, which was pushed by Democrats and Republicans for many years. And Trump's stance, his shift towards protectionism, which isn't really a Republican ideal typically, has shifted the country as a whole. Right? The Democrats can't say, well, we're going to be weaker on trade than the Republicans because for years they've had the opposite stance. Right? And so Trump's stance has created a lasting impact on the direction of our economic policy. And so I'm going to get to a caller real quick, but after this caller, I want to get into what his appointees mean for this policy and what it means for things like the dollar, uh, different industries, China, uh, etc. So let's go to Shannon in Florida. He's looking at INSP. I've seen this one before. Right, do you own it or are you looking to buy it? So I'm looking to buy it. My cousin uh, who's in the pharmaceutical industry like myself kind of clued me into it and I just kind of looked it up and it looks like it jumped like 50% in November and I read somewhere that they're going to get picked up with Cigna Healthcare um, for the insurance coverage. So it's a sleep apnea devices. Um, mm -hmm. Just want to see what you thought about it before I, you know, or maybe it's too late. I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, it's clearly flying off the charts here. 52-week low of $40.53. Right now, it's at a 52-week high of $189.86, an all-time high. What's interesting is you talk about uh, them getting picked up by an insurer, but analysts have not adjusted their profit expectations for next year. This year, supposed to lose $2.40 a share, record loss. And they're only supposed to lose $2.27 next year. So a slight increase, a slight improvement, but still losing money. So I'm wondering, are, are analysts behind? Uh, is the deal overhyped about you know being picked up by, uh, you said Cigna, was it? Cigna, yeah. Cigna. So, you know, I, frankly, I don't know enough about it. I'd really have to investigate what that potentially means, what the full market is. I mean, it's a $5 billion market cap. And last quarter, they only had $35 million in sales. So uh, if you go back to my show last week, talked about enterprise value to EBITDA, uh, sorry, sales to EBITDA over 20. Those stocks tend to not do very well over the long term because of that valuation. Right now, your enterprise value to revenue of 50. So it's drastically overvalued. Now, certainly landing contracts like Cigna, and if you can land multiple and suddenly turn a profit, then it becomes interesting. Um, but the market is priced in massive, massive upside for uh, their business, their profits. Uh, much of future profitability is priced in. Certainly can grow into that, but it's extremely risky at these prices. And frankly, I don't know enough about this name to really get into whether this is a good time to buy or not because I don't understand the space. Uh, I really have to dig into this particular product uh, and market, etc. So um, just understand it's extremely risky here. Let's go straight back to the Talk Voice Bank that came in earlier from Pennsylvania on 888-99-CHART. Hey, Stephen Justin. This is Dan calling from Pennsylvania. First time calling. I uh, love the podcast. I wanted your opinion on medical marijuana stock. Is that something you like or is it too risky? Is there one that you like in particular? Just wanted your opinion on that. Thank you. Bye. Well, it's no longer really medical marijuana. It's just marijuana. I think uh, it's going to become federally legal sometime in the 2020s or at least federally not illegal, rescheduling it as uh, not a Schedule One drug. And because there's been too many states that have now legalized it, both the majority of states in the United States have legalized it either on the recreation or the medical side. And the recreational side is growing dramatically. Uh, Oregon just legalized all drugs. So certainly there is that trend. And I think it absolutely will happen. If I'm looking at, we are actually looking for these opportunities. We have invested in uh, in one. Uh, we're looking at others as well. And I do think that the marijuana space is ripe for um, good investment right now. What I would say, the, the one thing I would say, because I can't recommend a particular name, but one thing I would say is focus on U.S.-based companies. The previous boom, what was that, a year or two ago when you had all these, you had the Tilrays of the world and you had all these crazy stocks trading at absolutely absurd valuations based strictly on a story. Does that remind you of something today? Well, those fell off. Uh, they issued a bunch of shares, diluted shareholders. Uh, businesses, business did well, but not as well as uh, a lot of investors were expecting, etc. And some of those are still good investments. However, I think the best opportunities are in U.S. base because there's more upside there. Canada's already legalized it. 
there's way more upside here in the United States, companies that are more focused on the U.S. So um, that's that's would be my main uh, main advice there. Thanks for the call. Now let's touch quickly, go back to the Biden uh, appointees and what it means for trade. And China, which about two decades ago joined the World Trade Organization, it's grown its economy now to the second largest. So clearly Trump wanted to get out of those agreements with the World Trade Organization, but it looks like what Biden will do is at least start to pressure the World Trade Organization on things that China is doing. And address the failings of globalization in a more cooperative approach. Right? Pushing allies to help confront China. Aggressive programs here in the United States to help Americans that are hurt by trade, right? Stimulus packages, maybe investing in particular industries, giving incentives for companies to set up shop in, say, the Rust Belt, and probably using less tariffs, maybe not getting rid of them, but using less. So Trump's approach was, once again, tariffs and confronting allies and international institutions. But Biden's going to have to do something a little bit different. Now, one thing you could definitely do is push for new trade deals similar to TPP that was scrapped, that we didn't weren't a part of, and to strengthen those ties with the allies. Right? Think of allies within Asia, right, where you can create economic alliances where, yes, jobs are being outsourced, but, you know, you're not dealing with China. I think that's something that's definitely going to, to happen. Restarting talks on a consistent basis with China, I think that will definitely happen. And Janet Yellen, the new Treasury Secretary, said tariffs now have not been effective. One of the reasons is because it pressures the dollar to the upside. If you noticed, the dollar was on a consistent uptrend for a couple of years before 2020. And then Trump came, came to the trade deal. We didn't really, they didn't really follow through on that because of COVID, and the dollar's weakened. One of the reasons. Also money printing, another reason. But you can see that the Biden administration is going to have a more cooperative approach. And I think they're going to call for a weaker dollar. Trump has called for a weaker dollar. Historically, presidents have called for a stronger dollar. But we know that the, the Biden administration or any administration in today's world is going to look for a weaker dollar to make our exports more competitive. So the strategy will be different, but similar in a lot of ways as well. Let's go to Shri in Dallas, looking at DOV, which I believe is Dover Industries, correct? Yes, that's right, Justin. How are you? Doing well. They manufacture industrial po- products, equipment, components, specialty systems, and support services. They're they're one of the one of the bigger industrial names out there. Their business has been struggling over the past four quarters, but not a shock here with COVID. And yields 1.6%. Do you own it or are you looking to buy it? 
I'm looking to buy it and okay. I want to know if this uh, if this is a right price and basically as a uh, non-tech stock um I'm mostly invested in tech so I'm just uh, trying to diversify and also uh, for a long term hold as a dividend for the dividend yeah, so looking at Dover Industries, and I, I like this as a good diversifier to the tech space. Consistent positive cash flow, consistent profitability with return equity, really anchored there in the mid to high teens, and now has started to reach into the low 20s, which is nice. Solid balance sheet, very good company. Now, it is a little expensive for my blood at these prices, but you said you invest a lot of tech stocks, and I guarantee you probably have ones that are trading at much richer valuations than this. So if you're looking to diversify, this is a great name. Strong dividend payer. I know 1.6 doesn't sound like a lot, but they've been raising their dividend consistently. Right now, their dividend is about 50 cents a share. Back in 2000, it was 11 cents a share. 2010, it was 25 cents a share. So they double their dividend almost every, every 10 years, which is nice. Uh, and they have the balance sheet and the business to do it. So I really like this name. It's definitely on my watch list for industrial names that I, I, I'm looking at. Uh, like I said, a little expensive. But if you're looking to buy or diversify away from tech, this, you could do far worse than this. So I like Dover Industries here. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and I encourage you to explore the finance and investment information we have posted over on investtalk.com. You can learn about the various investment strategy opportunities we offer through KPP Financial. For example, check out our Dynamic Growth Program. It provides flexible management for optimum returns. Strong diversification is employed by being overexposed not being overexposed to any one investment or sector of the market. Now, if you're serious about achieving financial freedom, you'll want to reach out to myself or Steve Peasley at KPP Financial Office in Irvine, California. You can learn more right now at investtalk.com. But now I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. You can get your free Invest Talk podcast downloads anytime at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or investtalk.com. I am a big fan of your podcast, and I just got started with it. Be sure to tell your friends and family members about Invest Talk and encourage them to listen, rate, and review. The Anytime Listener lines never close. Steve and Justin are waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Mr. Steve and Justin, this is Jeff from Alabama. I would like to get your opinion on Petrobras, symbol PBR. All right, looking at Petrobras, this is the largest Brazilian explorer and producer of oil and natural gas. $65 billion market cap. Its 52-week low is $4. It's at $10.10. .10. If you're looking to get into a wild oil name, this is the name for you. I mean, just th look at it. Like I said, 52-week low of $4. It rallied all the way to $9.65 or so in June, from March to June, so rather quickly, uh, over doubled. And then it fell all the way back to in October to $6 and change, and now we're at 10.10. 10. 
So look at that wild, those wild, wild swings. 100% rally, 50% drop, and now we're going on another 50, 60% uh, increase in price over the past just month. So what you have here is one of the largest oil companies, very levered towards oil, but also their income is typically in reals, Brazilian reals. So you have the added layer of risk here of currency fluctuations. Okay, So if you're looking for to double, triple your money, especially if oil goes from, say, 40 all the way up to 60, and the dollar continues to decline, especially in relation to the Brazilian real, this is the name for you. If you're looking for a safe-er, something safe, right? In the equity world, there's nothing safe. But a safer play, you want to go with a large, diversified, integrated oil company that has operations worldwide, that has incomes in many different currencies, right? Especially the currencies that aren't as volatile as the Brazilian real and their political system. So it's not my favorite name, too volatile, too crazy for me. I'd rather invest in larger, bigger, safer, more consistent oil names. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We have one goal here each and every day on Invest Talks to help you achieve your own particular version of financial freedom. And our work continues after this final break. So get your questions in now at 888 chart Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. What's your question? 888 99Chart is how to reach Invest Talk right now. Let's take a quick look at your financial to do list. At the top, make that phone call to the Invest Talk Anytime Listener Line. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will provide unbiased answers to your questions. Invest Talk, 888 99 Chart. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Ryan from Edison. Big fan of the show, first time caller. Uh, I had a question about Enphase Energy, symbol ENPH. I had bought it back in September about two, three months ago when it had a pretty good dip and had purchased it around $61 and it's had a pretty good run up over the past two months. And I'm starting to think it might be a little overbought and trying to decide whether I should kind of take profit here, uh, maybe set up a stop loss or a trailing stop loss percentage to kind of lock in my profits. Um, it's at 140 right now today, um, but just want to know your thoughts. Uh, if I should get out, and your thoughts for Enphase Energy as a company in the future. I'll be listening to the show and looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Thanks. Bye. Well, obviously, this was recorded probably over the weekend. Everyone was around the 140 mark. Now it's at 128, so down $7.72 today. I do think this is uh, very overbought. It's weakening from a technical perspective, and it is extremely expensive. And this isn't the in the solar space, right? And there's been a lot of hype around this with expected Biden administration and spending. And I think the, I think there will be spending in that space, but the many of these names, most of these names have been priced to perfection. And you're looking at enterprise value to revenues of 23. Remember what I said last, last week? 
Anything over 20 tends to be over 10 times revenue is a lot. 20 times revenue is absolutely just stagger. Um, so you're at 23 and a half. So uh, I would definitely be taking profits here. I would, uh, at the bare minimum, have a trailing stop of the 50-day moving average. Now, 50-day is still pretty far below this at 108. So you're talking another $20 from here, 15% or so. So I would, I would take some profits, at least some, uh, and then have a trailing stop of that 50-day for the rest. Thanks for the call. Lastly, I want to get to bonds and how to purchase bonds and whether a bond fund is better than individual bonds. And I'm going to say that individual bonds are better if you have the money to do that. Remember, you have to buy bonds in individual lots of five, ten thousand dollars, five or or ten thousand dollars, and you also want proper diversification. You don't want to buy just one. You want to buy ten, fifteen, maybe twenty different bonds, and Spread those out in duration, if you can, to protect against various types of duration risk, interest rate risk, shall I say. Now, one of the best reasons to own individual bonds is price. You get to buy the bonds directly. You're not going through a fund and paying some extra fee, etc. And then you also get to pick the bonds yourself. You know exactly what you own. Right? There's more assurance. You know what yield you're going to get. As opposed to a bond fund where yields fluctuate and the eventual selling price cannot be known. You don't know what the fund company is going to do. You have a lot more control. And you can hold those bonds to maturity. You can't do that with a bond fund. And then if you look at indexing, which most bond funds are, right? Most bond funds are indexing. And you're owning a lot of treasuries, maybe a lot of things you don't really want to. Now, as of the end of last year, 10-year high-quality corporate bonds per the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis was at 2.79%. But the average 30-day SEC yield for an intermediate core and intermediate term core plus bond fund was 2.28. So over 50 basis points lower. So you're getting dinged by owning these bond funds. And you don't you have a lot less control as well. So you get better yields, more control over the strategy, as well as when you want to get out of it, right? You can pick a duration. I want this to mature in three years or five years or seven years, etc. So I urge you, if you can, if you have the money, you have a large enough portfolio and you want exposure to bonds, individual bonds definitely are better. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. I will return Thursday. In the meantime, please remember to tell your friends and family members that they can choose from over 100 archived Invest Talk podcasts for free download over at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And please be sure to rate and review. If you want to listen live, you can always do that via our live stream on investtalk.com. Just click on, the, click on the listen live button. It's absolutely free. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night.
Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. 